Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to a very special Thursday episode of Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 437. I'm here with James Babs. Hello. K Wags. Hey, everybody. Nikki P is stepping up to the plate here. Filling what in. a B. And a very special guest, Chrissy Mayer. Welcome. What's my cool nickname? Um, well, make one up. Tell us what, what, what do you want to be referred oh. to on the Punk Rock Libertarians debut here? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I was literally just creating a baseball character for myself on this baseball video game. Uh, it's funny. And I had to like, it's, I don't know the name of this game, but it, you can go so specific, like how big your head is, how big your thighs are, your <laughs> temple distance, height, weight. And I was like, Oh, just make me like the smallest man possible. You can't even like, you can't be less than 150 pounds. You can't be less than five, five. I don't know. There's no so women in the game. Bigger. No, thank God. You know, at least we still have baseball video games. This um, is bullshit. Yeah. Absolute bullshit. I like, but I can be a dude with long hair. I'll just be a very small dude with long hair that somehow was able to make it into. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I would have spent all of my time just trying to make the, the fattest ass woman I could on the game. Like <laughs> one of those creepy women you see with like the concrete in their ass from like South oh, America. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like a like a botched BBL or something. A botched ass implant. Well, apparently everyone's taking their ass implants out these days. Uh, I guess I don't. I guess I don't have a cool nickname. You have to get them serviced. I think like every couple of years. Oh, like a tune-up. You, you okay. know, just get them. I don't know. Repack, refurb. Whatever. That makes sense because yeah. actual implants only last you like ten years. Like breast implants. Is that, so. What about penile implants? How long do they last? That's a good question. I guess until it breaks. Yeah. Do you have to go in regularly, or do you get to get it pumped up every now and then? It comes with like a like a hand control, I think, like a, okay. like, a, like a like little auto compressor. Blow. It's like an auto compressor, like an air compressor, that, like you like inflate your tires with. It'd be so funny, like you get a penile implant, and they make you buy this. Oh, you gotta buy this like compressor thing, and it's basically just like a, a regular hand. You know, you're like I made I made three hundred dollars for this. I gotta just jerk myself off. Well, so now I'm imagining like the the low market version of it, where it's got like the actual blow up stem somewhere back by your taint. Like, honey, you gotta blow it up again to make it work. Mm-hmm. It'd be so funny if there was a component to it where like you did have to have a woman like blow you or something. Like, sorry, this is just what you have to do to like bring it back to <laughs> you know like what do you call it when a when a store like puts their stamp of like their seal on it factory um factory warranty yeah something like gotta get back to it. certified factory yeah. certified yeah like sorry honey refurbished you gotta refurbished. put the nuts in your mouth both yeah. of them the quality quality check quality control yeah good lord <laughs> So we got That's a lot the job of- the AI can't take away from us. <laughs> oh, it's, it's coming. A- it's it's just a matter of time. Don't worry. I'm still waiting for AI to happen. I this thing that they keep touting is AI is hilarious and it's not AI at all. Other people, you know, you can't afford an AI car yet or any of the other things. But have you heard about the Chat GPT competitor, Right Wing GPT? 
Really? <laughs> yeah, I was listening to uh, what was it? No Agenda podcast, and this shit is real. I haven't heard about it, but funny. I know enough they programmers. They should fight each other. They should fight each other in a rap battle. So, like, yeah, who can roast the other one better? That's who wins. So I've met a bunch of computer programmers that actually can know how to take the guardrails off of ChatGPT, like all the all of the extra crap that they put on there to make it a left wing well, thing. We, we've talked about Dan, the do anything now mode, right, where you can sort of trick it into bypassing its woke censorship. Yeah. I think I was in Dan mode for all of my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, because uh, one of the guys I know from a uh, mastermind I'm in, he uh, like he actually installs custom versions of chat GPT for businesses. Like this one's extra evil or like this one's. <laughs> yeah. Somebody switched even more evil. <laughs> well, what's, what's actually ridiculous is so you, if you go in there, it's became a thing because like I think it was some big like pixabay or something like that actually got like a pixabay logo on one of the photos that came out of it so like anything you put in there can kind of come back out at some point in time and so like for business purposes you don't want to be using one like you don't want to be feeding all of your data into something that can spit it out to everybody else in the middle of something wow Give me an why would you? Of that. Well, why would you like give this fix? access to your to your corporate secrets? Uh, well, because right. that's right. what you want. That's what you want artificial intelligence in the first place for. You can't fire your employees. Oh, you're like, okay, here's my that. December sales numbers. Tell me what I did wrong. You know, yeah, magical that GPT. I, I I'm not buying that. It's it doesn't. The thing is, is like what it does now. I don't understand. Like, I get the the fictional value that they think this is going to have, but it is certainly not realizing that dream anytime soon in my world. I think what the, um, the the science fiction dystopian storytellers didn't really prepare us for is that there will be an artificial intelligence that rules us. It's just going to be retarded and, and, and living under it is, is, is not going to be quite, you know, it's not going to be Terminator. Wait, like me, Joe retarded, like Joe Biden retarded. <laughs> it's just going to it's just yeah, going to completely go off handle. the rails. I mean, it might accidentally wipe out humanity just to, you know, but who knows? Yay. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was listening to your latest specials out live from January 6th. And I want to talk about that later on. I'm sure we all want to talk about that, but oh, this cool. was fucking hilarious. So yeah. Are you, you're about to hit the road soon, right? Or about yes, to hit- and by the road, I mean, Staten Island next Friday, oh. but then uh, uh, Staten Island, Jersey, then I'll be in Vegas uh, on the 27th and Dallas, May 5th and 6th. Um, Richmond, Virginia, August 9th, and Houston, August 11th. Nice. Do I need to ask what that machine is in the picture next to Chrissy? Did you ask for that advertisement placement? Or? That's uh, that's the newest Hitachi Magic Wand model that comes with separate attachments. Yeah. It looks, it looks a little dangerous. Yeah, not for the novice. <laughs> it gets user. the job done, though. You know, it's yeah. uh, nobody said pleasure would be pretty. <laughs> I like all the, uh, the extra batteries that comes with it. Yeah, oh yeah, know. that gets <laughs> off everyone know. in the whole house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, what is this uh, this special uh, live from January sixth? Are are you? Here, an let's play a little clip. Ooh. Let's play a little clip. A little snippet. Somebody made a little cartoon. And I don't know how to put this, but I, I look at the Biden administration and I'm like, he's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> retarded and I can say this because I know personally I'm retarded on my mom's side (laughs) we had a retarded great uncle 
and I know because I look at the Biden administration, I see what he does at oh, look what he did. He signed this bill, he did this thing, he put forth this thing, and I'm like, wait, this sounds very similar to, to when I would go visit my retarded uncle Roy. <laughs> at the nursing home in Freeport and they'd be like, look what Roy made. (laughs) (laughs) He made a ceramic Christmas tree. It lights up. And I would look at that vase and that Christmas tree and I'd be like, there's no fucking way he made that. Because he's retarded. (laughs) He puts socks on his hands. He can't get dressed by himself. Like I know that every time I visit Roy, this is a work. This is the work of many handlers, many people, many nurses' aides that have to. And so I go, okay, that's a nice vase, but I know you didn't make that. I know that was a team effort, and that is exactly how I feel about the Biden administration. Because I look what he did, and I go, no, (laughs) he's. He still thinks it's 2020, you know, like he's retarded. That was a group effort. The jig is up. Oh God, cackling Kamala. That is so good. That's wow. Bravo. Bravo. Thank, oh, thank you guys. That was so sweet of you to play that. Yeah, my first uh stand-up comedy album live from January 6th. I filmed it on January 6th, I think 2021, right? Because it came out last march right no it came out 2022 oh no let's check oh my god wow we filmed it january 6 2022 it came out march of 2022 so it hasn't it's just now been out a year oh my god so here's just look at how much even more retardity is now right oh my god he's still in office it's wild so why when i go to spotify can i not listen to the album you're supposed to be on uncancelable records and the album i think you have to buy it on uh it's on itunes and amazon right now i think i'm trying to earn money but who knows maybe i can uh i guess i could maybe make it free now but it it did trend uh uh, it was number one on iTunes and Amazon, and it's true because someone made me a plaque um, right. for a cool. good month. For a good month, yeah. The nice. uh, the guy who produced my uh, album made this for me because it it was number one for like a ridiculously long time. Which all thanks to you know you guys, the fans. It, it's it's amazing if you can even reach number one for a day on Amazon or iTunes. But it was up there the better part of a month, so I think I just got. Really lucky. Uh, the first half of the album is all about January 6th, and then the second half is just like my jokes over the last, you know, like 10 years or so. But I try to like link it all with the common theme. See, it's funny you say that because like I'm into books and like talk to people that write books and stuff. And if you can like, if you can get p- two people to buy your book, you're going to be an Amazon bestseller in some category. <laughs> That's so great. It's, it's funny, you know. So at least two category. people bought the album. That's good to know. Yes. Well, now you're also getting the punk rock libertarian bump, which right, uh, which is you know, why we, I'm here. We do have we do have several listeners that I think are going to be interested in this. Good, I all, hope all five hope, of them. I hope I mean, all if, five of them check it out. If nothing out, I'm completely nerding out over here because I actually am a Chrissy Mayer fan, as it would be. Well, like some, I'm a nerdrotic fan, which means I have to be a Chrissy Mayer fan because oh yeah, kind of goes hand in hand there. Oh yeah. 
Well, how's the yeah, transition to uh, the to Rumble going? It is. I mean, I'm still <laughs> on YouTube. I just uh, I am streaming. Everything is copied over to Rumble, and when I'm able to, I stream on Rumble as well. It just takes like a bit more effort to to set up a live stream on rumble maybe i just haven't figured out an easier way to do it but you gotta do a separate like kind of intro video each time but i i'm glad that it's there i i do have some concerns as do a few others about the kind of inflated numbers that rumble is showing like they have this system where if you even like pass through it you think I they're hosing know. advertisers or what do you th what do you th what are they doing I don't know. I think I've just heard. I can't. I can't prove it. I've just heard things. Yeah, I was gonna say I do find that my numbers are definitely higher on Rumble than they are on YouTube by a lot. Yeah, I just like to hope that that's because conservative people like me more. Yeah, it's also it's hard to know. It's like a brand new thing, but I have, you know, really high hopes for it. I'm glad it exists. Yeah, it's like a I lot of shows have like. Now. A lot have part one on YouTube and then say, and then we're going to go do the part we can't talk about on YouTube over on Rumble, right? And then, like, try to get people to transition that way. Yeah, it's good. And it's it's definitely a free speech platform. Like, you can talk about things that you can't talk about on YouTube, all sorts of topics. So, Sticks Hexenhammer's been doing, like, specific content that only goes on Odyssey and Rumble for years. So you want yeah. all his material, you go there. That's how a lot of people have been going lately because it's just pathetic, um, the censorship that, that's that's happening on those platforms. And then they don't even tell you what the fuck you, whatever um, you said or did or whatever the case may be. So fuck them. That's what's really frustrating about YouTube is you can, you'll get strikes and they'll just say what category of strike you're in. You, they, you know, they won't really tell you specifically unless you have something like a partner manager that can go in and get more of an idea. How many strikes do you have? Oh, um, I mean, you know, they wear away after some time. I think I've had at least three, but you know, not all at the same time. So You're, you need to, you need to up them numbers. Most of the, most of the people I know on YouTube always have two and they're just treading that, that third oh, one, no. hoping the second just, one goes just away. Just periodically say, just periodically say vaccines are safe and effective. Just if you if you just say that every fifteen minutes, they assume the bots assume you're one of the one of their people, and they let you be. I'm I'm on my fourteenth uh, booster. <laughs> Don't ever have James Lindsay. I think that's the real thing. That's what that's what gets everybody booted. Oh really? Oh James Lindsay's. I love James Lindsay. Yeah, I guess he just keeps it too real. It, he he talks about ESG. That's that that's the the line they don't want anyone crossing. Yeah, yeah. Don't mess with the uh, the T squad or the or the T squad. The CRT. They, yeah, they seem to be fine when we talk about how Joe Biden is a pedophile, though. That doesn't like. <laughs> no, you have to be careful with that word. He is. <laughs> you can't. It, it's like the bots. They scan for specific words, and if you say the wrong word on your show, they just they kick you off. Vaccines are safe and effective, and, and pedophiles are just another sexual minority that needs to be protected. Have, have you ever have you ever watched the quartering? Because uh, Jeremy Hamley is the best about making up na names that like don't trigger it. Really? 
Oh, like his the guys from WW two. Anytime you say Nazi, and so he'll like actually read articles and like he's gotten so many of these down that like he reads them with the new things that he says. Like, I believe it's people who like children and <laughs> pedophiles. So like he'll read people an article. Like children, that's great. Yeah. So like he's saying what he means, but like it it doesn't actually use the things that trigger the algorithm. He's very good at coming up with uh, substitute words. Yes, yeah. he's fantastic. Using Orwellian language against the, like just doing the opposite, the inverse. It's pretty pretty much. much. That's clever. That's well, pretty good. Substitute is, for Nazi. The, um, the guys from A German w. enthusiast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! A Ukrainian okay. national, I think, is what they what they call it. like oh, yeah. a Ukrainian Azov, Azov Battalion. Yeah. Right, a, a national hero of Ukraine. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of how you went down a kind of got into politics, Christy. Just like the censorship and just seeing Clown World, because you weren't really involved, and you just recently didn't you just uh, host like a with Larry Sharp, a libertarian uh, debate? Yeah, that How'd was that really go? cool. I mean, I love okay. Larry Sharp. He is actually hey, somebody I credit with my what is it? Gold pilling, yellow pilling, yellow pilling, yellow pilling, <laughs> yellow pilling, gold pill. It was okay. through conversations with him that I realized I was no longer really could identify with being a Democrat, and I was like, "Wow, I guess yeah, I really am more libertarian." He's the first politician I've ever really met, spoken to, connected with. Thought what well, he was a cool guy, uh, like actually worthy of office and having power. He's just like a real person. I, I was mean, like, "Wow, he." He made a lot of sense. It's, and he's one um, of our worst. Imagine, like, if you get to <laughs> Really? That, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. You guys don't like him? I, I no, love Larry. I don't, he's, I, I, don't, we don't, I don't really know. I like him, right? I've met him at the but... convention in Reno, uh, the Libertarian, or not Reno, in Orlando. That was the, been, yeah, he's, I think he's great to bring people in. Um, I think he's a good but then once you, I don't know, like Bab is a grizzled libertarian. We're pretty he's, hardcore around here. Yeah. We've Kyle. been in the game for a while. Yeah. Kyle's still kind of, he's still normie statist sometimes. <laughs> he bridges the gap though. He <laughs> he keeps us in the loop, but you need, like, people, right, you need those people to kind of like, yeah. kind of gold pill people. Like you said, Chrissy, you need to like, you know, bring them in and like, hey, the water's warm. Come on in. Check this you, out. And, you don't feel like there was a genetic component to um him being able to you know gold pill you do you like just what something you in like because he's half black something, some, well something in like the redhead and the tall black man like really well i'm not a real redhead so okay i burst the bubble i don't think it matters i got real dumb when i was a blonde in high school oh okay yeah it'll have like, that effect on people back so you're on gas and bad blonde it was terrible <laughs> you're on gas digital correct or Oh yeah, I'll jump on uh, Real Ass Podcast from time to time. That's probably the one I'm on most so frequently. Like Dave done. Smith, as he, you know, gold pilled you or Robbie the no, Fire. No, no, I've actually like uh, seen Dave Smith in passing, like maybe once or twice. But we've never really like chatted or really um, done any shows together. He does Legion of Skanks. I maybe think I was on once for like a special Halloween episode a couple of years ago, but I've never really yes, uh, like gank. connected with him. Hmm. Okay. I just I figured, like, in the New York just... comedy scene, like, you guys would cross paths. Yeah. He's, he's like, shows. we're both, I guess, on the road a lot. Um, but yeah, I think Legion of Skanks would be the only opportunity I would have to bump into him. Okay. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised he hasn't had you on part of the problem yet. Right. 
the hell? Like you, yeah, you've made I don't know. Name for yourself the past two years that like maybe he doesn't know. I am. I would love to have him on mine at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, let's make this happen. What you gotta do? You gotta do me a favor. What would you like? Malice would be a good one too. You need to get Malice. I've had on. He's great. Yeah. Okay. Need to get not since he's put out his latest book, so it's been a while. Um, I think I had him on after he put out the anarchist handbook, or it might have been right before, actually. Um, so it was a couple years ago. <laughs> Anyways, I was saying you need to get Clint Russell on Neurotic to ex- actually explain what ESG is doing and why Hollywood is going along with it. Because I, they, they keep asking, I don't understand why these companies uh, are doing this. And essentially, they're going to run into the bottom line. But the point is, is that ESG means the government's going to be paying for the bottom line. Yeah. They, they do this shit so that, like, BlackRock has been lobbying for two years to get the government to to backstop any organization that follows its ESG goals. Right. So that's they're they're going to get their money imagine one way or another. Great, that's going to be. That's yeah, <laughs> it's going to make. Imagine how good the movies will be with that backstop. Those yeah. movies are already pretty bad. If you start losing money because you know of your of your 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 woke philosophy, don't worry. You've got the the Federal Reserve Bank right here to assume your liabilities and issue your central bank digital currency. It's going to be great. Yeah, and isn't there a group um, that takes into consideration your ESG and it uh, it's something like well. Based on that, it gives you a certain score, and then like based on that, that's you know has to do with like how many investors you get, and it's like something larger and kind of more globally that has to do with your ESG rankings. Is it called DEI? Uh, I don't know. How is it kept score? Like I wonder, like what's a good score? You know, like you have a good credit score, and any ideas on what your credit or your ESG score might be? Mine probably pretty low. Yeah, I think we all are very low. What what kind of carbon emissions are you guys generating? I I mean, I I leave my truck idling in the driveway to try to do my part, but Yeah, I I I use a lot of like aerosol dry shampoo. So, that can't be good. I never even heard of this before. It's a social what? score? Yeah. Sorry. Social credit like, score? Damn, yeah, Pat, where you been? For business, right? for businesses. So, you if know, you, if you apply you know you're gonna you're gonna get access to certain uh, funding that is only gonna be funding like super woke climate alarmist kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, and in fact, what kind of like investors? It's, it stands for uh, corporate social responsibility. Yeah. Right. Environmental, social, and governance. So it's that governance it. part. Oh, sorry, that's CSR. I read the wrong one. Environmental, social, uh, and governance. Okay. And you see it, you see yeah, how companies, that I mean, basically means the earth, the people, and the government. It's like freaking everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking insane. So Come if on. I like buy an electric car, does that make my score go up? Oh, hell yeah. I found right. a, um, I found a, uh, an investment fund that's the, supposedly the opposite. It's like, like all the, all the companies that, that have bad ESG scores or whatever. It's like the opposite. So. We'll see how see see what the market says about like which which kind of company is going to do better. So I had a thought about this earlier. Like um, at work, you know, a lot of people have their pronouns in their emails, and yeah, it's like a, kind of kind of a virtue wow. signal to be like, you know, I'm I'm down with the uh, 
with advertising that or supporting, I guess, the transgender cause or something. It, I don't know. It makes me a little uncomfortable to, you know, uh, people yeah. people feel the need to do that or they do that. And it's like, okay, what are you that person's probably uh, a To Democrat. me, it demonstrates just a spinelessness. It's just it's like, yep, I'm falling in line. I'm not going to make waves. I'm I'm doing what every, everybody else is doing. I'm doing what's asked of me. Or take it to the next level. Include Not just your pronouns. Include your adverbs. You and know, also like, like penis your, your, size, your adjectives, like cup my size, all of it are brilliant and handsome. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, 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 you don't work like, in the corporate world. I can tell <laughs> James, <laughs> I can't, I've not put anything, anything crazy in there. I don't put anything in there. I just, just have my name, you know, like I, I don't like to politicize everything. Oh, oh you like, just put your name. Oh, so you're transphobic. Oh, wow. You're not an ally. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. I saw a thing. Um, they had this uh, in hockey, in NHL hockey. They're having all these fights, or not physical fights, but like um, disputes over the jerseys. They want to have the guys wear these uh, rainbow-colored um, jerseys for the warm-ups to support um, the LGBTQ community. And some players don't want to wear the jerseys, and so they're battling over this. And I'm like, and then I made a joke. I was like, you know, I can't wait for like abortion rights jersey night. Um, it's just everything's politicized. Everything is like, what side are you on? What team are you on? We can't even enjoy a hockey game because it's we have to divide the team into you know left and right. And um, it's just it's annoying to me that we do it. Maybe there's a way everything. to put them on opposing teams and then let, just let them brawl on the ice. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Rainbows versus you know black <laughs> flags. You know, I don't yeah. Know. The far, yeah, the Trumpers or something like I don't know what the, the sides would be, but American yeah, that's, flag that's a funny idea. Rainbow flag, and like their team can be body positive, like anybody can play. It's going to be equitable. Like everyone's going to get to score the oh, same yeah. number of points. Oh yeah, you don't even have to know how I play hockey. That's how equitable it's going to be. It's going to be great. Yeah. Look, I was pissed. It makes me feel like I have to feel some sort of way about trans people, and I, I don't like. You know, you got a trans dick. That's cool, man. I'll dug on it if you want me to. Whatever. Well, you? I'm not going to call you a woman. You know, you're not a woman. I'm good on that. Nikki's that's where I draw the line. Guy. You know. Oh, Nikki's ridiculous. That's that's all. Yeah, it is. It's still why I'm supposed to hate people for that. like. It's taking it too far. It's too being far pushed. The culture war is getting. It's getting hot now with this recent mass. Well, you know, recent shooting. Well, at least so. somebody's finally arming the the trans kids, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. that's equity right there. <laughs> yeah. Get the, get I want to see the manifesto. Uh, they have a manifesto. They, they won't release it. They're not going to. Re- I doubt it's going to come out. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. It's like actually, a woman manifesto. Don't misgender the manifesto, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's a woo manifesto. I I don't like them releasing the manifestos, but it is super super ridiculous that this is the one time that they don't release the manifesto when it when it's like super lefty heavy. Like, come on, guys. See, well, I think it's up to they have an you're a mass shooter. It's up to you to get your manifesto out there first, right? Seriously, you're gonna wait, wait and see if the police release your manifesto unedited. It, was it, Get like it a out physical there one? first, right? Was it a physical manifesto? They didn't post it on Reddit or anything. I I haven't seen it or heard. I mean, I just heard they have one. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Reddit this is amateur hour. They're not it's even in the, a good yeah, school it's in the r slash <laughs> slash manifesto. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't shouldn't it be the headline and like our trans? Like, isn't that where it belongs? Our now? trans. 
Well, now they're having like uh, days of vengeance here. Let me pull up the docs. Yeah, on April Fool's Day of all days. Right. Like what? I heard well, we're doing who's, the who's having days of vengeance. It doesn't sound very festive. But do do we no. have like a final on how many schools were shut down the other day for threats? Yeah. Last I heard was there's 90 schools yesterday. Shouldn't the Who's vengeance be coming vengeance? from like the victims' families? Isn't that the point of vengeance? Yeah, it's it's just it's so backwards. Yeah, but, the, but the shooter is the victim, according to all the articles. No, but no, this is being organized by the trans radical activist network. Uh, okay, hold on. It was already in the works. So right. Yeah, it's. I You're guess like, let's this just is keep going with it. This person yeah. just jumped the gun. They couldn't wait. I think Literally. they're mad that the, that that person got killed. Probably, yeah. Well, they just had an insurrection down at the uh, Tennessee Capitol. Did they? They, they, they had a, a, a trans die-in today. Yeah. Did you see that floating around on Twitter today? Oh yeah, it's fucking insane. Transurrection, funny. <laughs> Transurrection. <laughs> but what was your experience there on January? That's what, 6th? that's what it's called when you get turned on by Blair White. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry if you don't get turned on by Blair White. There's something wrong with you. You can pretend that. <laughs> so, Chrissy, great. you're somewhat of an insurrectionist yourself. Is that right? Are you oh enthusiast? yeah, I <laughs> I do. I dabble in uh, going to DC a couple times. No, I just went like uh, November, December, January for all the rallies, just to cover it from a sort of like citizen journalist point of view, because I felt like it was being covered really unfairly by the news. So I was just, you know, shocked with how the day kind of turned out. But now I understand why they had to make us look like the enemy so that people would be afraid. Did you get to... uh, questioned or prosecuted or? Um, no, or... the FBI called the house once, but that was it. <laughs> you did, should you invite them in for coffee? <laughs> did, they, no. did they come to your house? Kyle no. has had the FBI come to his house one time. This was years He's on ago. great terms with cops. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, someone posted, uh, commented under my comment on Facebook, and they, they took it as a threat against law enforcement. And uh, I guess it was reported to the Michigan police, and then this they contacted the Michigan FBI, and then they contacted the Baltimore FBI, and some agents actually came to my house. And I was like, I don't know that person. I don't know. You know people comment on your stuff on Facebook. It doesn't, I don't know. I have just no idea. The door. I don't know what he's saying. When you're in the when it, when your time comes, just don't open the door, okay? Like yeah. really, they're they're they come in to question you about a Facebook comment. Just don't even talk to them. Well, I mean, in yeah, general, yeah. that's the best advice. Don't open the door for cops ever. I thought it was interesting how responsive they were to a potential threat against law enforcement. I mean, if somebody threatens you, they do not care. But uh, they're very responsive to uh, threats against law enforcement. So, so you have been contacted since. Going to J January six or your involvement? Do you, do you give the them mail, regular like briefings? Doing these interviews. What? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go on. Oh yeah, no, just a one phone call. Oh okay. Because I've yeah. met people. There was um, this was about maybe a year ago when there was a there was a rally just north of Baltimore in this town of Bel Air because they were protesting the the county. They were trying to push the 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 jab on healthcare workers. So there was a big protest, and I, I met quite a few people. Um, that were at January 6th that were just there and they had the FBI come to their come to their homes here in Maryland and they were just there like or they took a yeah. picture they took a picture at the rally and they're like we saw this picture we came across I'm like Jesus wow. Christ 
I feel like you guys missed the subtext of what she said. She said she's only taken one call. She didn't say anything about how many she's like sent out to the FBI. Sent out? Yeah, I assume you're making weekly calls to them since that initial call. Oh. She's not doing the Kyle route, okay? okay. Look, I'm the guy that makes the bad jokes. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so what did you do? So meanwhile, while Trump is apparently indicted and... Um, for as for his war crimes? Um, no, paying off a hooker to just go away or a prostitute, right? No, it was porn star, whatever. Who I knows? Think, I don't was, I think it was is there any proof that they missed, even had sex? Like what it was even for? Well, I think he miscategorized the payoff to to stay quiet about the, uh, with the so from from what i understand and i've the documents i've seen uh no not even that his lawyer paid off he never even paid his lawyer for it so he didn't do shit as far as the law is concerned oh and then he stiffed the lawyer yeah like for, for i think tim tim cast was talking about he's like look as far as the documentation show his lawyer did this so he wouldn't have to deal with a problem this can all this is all the lawyer's fault not trump's wow is, if he, he never paid the lawyer there's literally nothing tying Trump to it. I, I think I mean, is, is, anybody upset, is anybody upset about the quality of porn star that's involved with a president? Right. Like mm. who would you I have mean, liked to see him with? Go classic. I don't know. Jim I feel Jameson. like I feel like he could get any, you know, like top tier, you know, like, like who, like Angela White. I don't know who that is. Yeah, well, I don't know who who your favorite? Hospitalized? Wasn't she just who hospitalized? More of a I'm, yeah, a, I'm, I'm you know, like I'm like classics, you know, from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But the, they're old now. I still has his VHSs. <laughs> He's still, yeah. You're like I like a full bush. <laughs> yeah. Those are like that waxing. I can't lie. I can't mm-hmm. lie. I'm, yeah, I'm that, into, into manscaping whatsoever. Is that classics from the 80s? <laughs> no step, no stepbrother porn for you. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what it all is now. It is all that now. How do you it's know? Ridiculous. It's just going. I don't know. It's just look. Someone's got to put the auto blow to use. What are we doing here, guys? Right. So we had. You can't the, even find pictures anymore. It's all just video. So that's in our logo, um, Chrissy. Just inside story that some someone listened yeah. to our podcast years ago, and they he was like, "Yeah, I'm a libertarian, and I'm the inventor of the auto blow, like this AI blowjob device." Does it work? It uses good? artificial well, intelligence I, to, to yeah. design a custom experience for you, the, right? The founder of this fine program uh, took a took a leave of absence, and he was the only one to try it. Um, so I can, only, I can only take his word for it. But he's, does anybody happened? know who do, has it now? Like, do you really want to leave that up to uh, a non-human? Look, I, you know what? I'm, sure, I've, never, right? I've never put two and two together, but his his like bent towards where he ended up happened shortly thereafter. Right. Was that a religious experience, you think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes, he, he's taken a long... his marriage. That too. The auto blow could have ended. He finally just, he decided he didn't need a wife after that. It was <laughs> that. <laughs> the Lord. It wasn't like, turning. Was it fold laundry? <laughs> <laughs> That's the auto fold. <laughs> <laughs> but look, let's, let's not give AI any ideas here. AI that becomes cool. that becomes an add-on feature, and it's all over. AI cooking. I saw <laughs> you it. Put a mug me. in the butthole. It's like an espresso comes out. You're like, yeah. <laughs> it freaked me out. I was flipping through Twitter, and I saw there was a robot. I don't know what what the page was, but it was a rob a, a robot that was AI controlled that was doing dental work. So there was like a mannequin with a wide open mouth with a 
robot arm controlled by AI to do dental work. Wow. So that's, and I'm like, that is terrifying. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was like oh, a medical mannequin. Machines yeah. and lasers doing, um, you know, uh, like the eye surgery, like the, um, what's it called? That's it. Yeah, LASIK. I don't ask. Did, did you go to high school with Dave Attell or the same high school as Attell and Schumer? Yeah, yeah, That's Schumer true. was my sister's grade. Really? Oh. Chuck Schumer? That's yeah. <laughs> Chuck Schumer. Amy, Amy Schumer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's like the less funny version of her Uncle Chuck. Aw. <laughs> Slightly less good looking. Very slightly creepy. less evil. Well, that's debatable. I, they, they both seem pretty evil to me. I don't know. Yeah, Dave, She's kind of fallen out of the spotlight for a while now. I know. Like, people aren't even making jokes about her anymore. Like, that's sad. Aww. Didn't she, like, get into just producing other comics for a while there? Like, I know there was a lot of stand-up specials that were Amy Schumer Presents. Yeah. That were doing pretty Yeah, that good. was nice. That she was kind of giving back to her people a little bit. Yeah, we, stumbled, been funny. we stumbled across David Tell twice at uh, McGooby's Joke House in uh, Maryland. And oh, Kyle and I were so actually at the same funny. show. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And Jared, who would have been here, but uh, he had the COVID, so that's why Jared isn't joining us. But oh. um, we we went to a show there and saw Dave, and there was two shows. Have you ever been to McGooby's? It's, it's like the most random. Place. Where is it? Maryland? Yeah, so it's like north of Maryland. It's outside the Beltway. It's outside the ball. Uh, it's the in Baltimore Maryland. Beltway, and it's, mm, okay. and it's in like a, it's in like this weird storage unit. So Dave made a joke. It's like it's my dream to be you know a legendary co- comedian and coming here and my you know coming back to perform in Timonium, Maryland, in a storage unit next to an Applebee's. You know? <laughs> I mean it's, a, it's it's like the worst, it's the weirdest location, but it's really the only <laughs> comic club in 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 the uh, Baltimore area that brings like. Um, brings people in on a regular when you get big you we have bigger venues so um sam morell um i think last year was it magoobies or the year before i missed him at magoobies well he's gotten big and now he's at i think the meyerhoff or whatever oh um, nice yeah or, or something you know i forget what it was what it is but he's getting a bigger bigger venue so the key problem is you have to go to baltimore to do any of these things and well you have to ask that question i guess you'd find out gone place nikki p is out in like the cleveland area and uh babs is in an undisclosed location somewhere in the philadelphia suburbs so okay but we just have a lot of crime that's all yeah yeah where where are you based new york yeah, I'm in uh, outside of New York City, so I'm in New York City like at least a couple times a week. So crime doesn't scare me. Yeah, there how was go. it during uh, COVID? Like, I mean, you completely got a lot of deserted. Black, yeah, you got deserted. a lot of black. Um, you know, speaking out against the lockdowns and the jab and all that. It, well, so how did the community or the comedy community in New York treat you like during that? Oh, time like not at all. They treated me not at all. Like there was no like wow great job like wow i'm gonna do that too like i i feel completely split off from like the the rest of the comedy community i feel like i i vibe with the compound media guys and you know tyler fisher and you know a couple of other comics that are like scattered around the country like layla hart um you know crypt daddy so it's it's really like sam tripoli in la 
Um, no, I love Sam. I, really, I love tinfoil really, hat. <laughs> I don't really awesome. feel like a sense of community. I mean, the, your community is like, I guess, what you make of it or what you create. But yeah, I, a few people are like, well, you're not even passed at every club in the city. So what does it really matter? I was just like, okay, no, for me, it's just about the principle. I'm not going to perform anywhere that mandates the jabs. And if that means I never perform in New York City ever again, like, I guess so be it. Yeah, Joe, the OP, she sure as hell did. I miss getting good recommendations from Netflix because of the star system. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what? if it weren't her, it would be somebody else that would have ruined it. Like that seems to be the theme. You know, they took away the dislike button from YouTube. So, I mean, I feel like we were heading that way anyway. We're getting some, but since they took it away, we're getting some great dislike ratios on things. Like they're, oh, they're yeah. getting pretty epic, like 4.3 million dislikes on the uh, most recent uh, the thing is, it's something like 4.3 million dislikes on the most our, recent our trailer. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, the most recent, um, the flipper girl thing, whatever. Flipper girl. What yeah, yeah. The uh, they traded. I'm, I'm literally going retarded. <laughs> you, you and Otto. The little mer, the little mermaid. A little mermaid. Okay. Oh. Flipper, I like the flipper, flipper girl. girl. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know I what I like means. flipper girl better. She's got a fucking flipper for the bottom half, of course. That's flipper. what you came up with to try to say this is what I'm talking about. The flipper yeah. girl. Yeah, you know. Like, you know. You should just know what, you're, what you mean I've, by that. Yeah. I've got a nine-year-old. That's how I would talk to a nine-year-old trying to say this. So when, when we talk about how terrible the little mermaid is, I'd say flipper girl about that. Okay, flipper girl. So, you said um, you came from the um, from the left. You're actually coming from the left. Would you say like the COVID and and the lockdown started pushing you away from the left? How did you get where you are? That now? started more so in 2018 with sense, uh, what I was feeling with censorship in comedy, not only for myself but for everybody who I thought was funny, and just the the gradual increasing tiptoeing around. Oh, we can't make fun of this group of people. We can't make fun of this group of people, and a, a sort of like period of kind of cancellations has started. I think the, my first whiff of it of like, oh, if you make the wrong joke at the wrong group of people, like you're, you'll be ostracized was in 2018. It was during kind of like the Me Too movement. There was a lot of Me Too cases in Hollywood and in comedy as well. And there was a couple of girls in the New York City comedy scene that were like coming out saying, oh, like I was taken advantage of in a basement or I was like whatever against my will. And it was like happening a couple of times and I would notice the type of girls that would come out with this and I'd be like, you guys aren't like very busy. It feels like you're just kind of making bad choices, not necessarily that you're like victims. So I tweeted, um, like if you have time to get raped, you're not doing enough spots. Oh man. And spots are like comedy sets and that <laughs> yeah, I the blowback from that, people fucking still mention that. Like that was in twenty eighteen. And it was just to illustrate, like, if you're keep yourself busy and I'm like, I'm noticing like this kind of shit isn't happening to me because I do my spots. I go home like I'm goal oriented. If you're getting drunk in a basement and and you're putting yourself in a situation where someone can take advantage of you, like that's kind of on you. Uh, it feels like that is more happening than straight up. You know, there's predators everywhere you turn. And like, it just sounds like you're making bad choices and you're not busy enough. But that. You know, I noticed that's when I started noticing, okay, like certain jokes don't always go over. You can't make fun of fellow NYC female comedians. Um, you you know. The, the way it gets talked about just kind of reminds me of how the service industry work. Where these, there's this weird group of insular people that you're always around. 
and they all just end up fucking each other because that's the people that are around and like totally constantly like there's just bickering and fighting because of the intermingling of this relationship to that relationship and who's fucking who you used to fuck mm-hmm. and there's I, a lot I, of that in comedy for sure like i me and my wife talk about because she was a very particular type of upbringing and I, i'll talk sometimes about working in the service industry it's like oh you know so and so was fucking the manager and then like we had it off in the cooler and then it was a thing so we had to move to a different restaurant and and it's just every time i hear stories about the new the new new york city scene especially it just stinks of that yeah there's a lot of that i feel really lucky to have found somebody who understands comedy but isn't uh, a stand-up themselves like so i feel lucky i mean i've hooked up with a couple comics i dated one for like two and a half years so um i know what it's like but yeah how'd you get into it or like when did you start doing i wanted to be a reporter in college i interned at dateline nbc and while i was there i realized like news is not for me this is like this isn't funny at all this isn't funny at all this don't feel boring as fuck and uh, I was just like, wow, this doesn't seem fun. And I feel like it's going to take a lot of years to work myself back to New- like to be working in New York, like a good market. So I reached out to um, the only female writer at Late Night with Conan O'Brien at the time, this woman named Allison Silverman. And I was able to get myself um, an internship for the following school year, my senior year in college. So I got college credit. I went in, you know, twice a week for the Dateline internship and then twice a week um, for the Conan internship. And then that I realized, like, I love hanging around, you know, comedy writers. I loved, like, the feeling of working on the show. I just was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but this feels like more my my scene than news. So I talked to the writers, um, you know, like Brian Stack, who would do a lot of bit parts, and Jose Arroyo, who was a really nice guy, gave me a, a book on comedy writing that I think I still have. And they were saying, you know, if you're interested in this, like, do improv, do improv. So after I graduated, I did five years of improv bet- between the Magnet Theater and the UCB Theater. And, you know, did like every class, a team, every class, a team at both theaters. Then did a one-woman show that ran at the Magnet Theater for about six weeks. And after that, I realized, okay, I think I can start stand-up. Like, I did an hour on stage. I did six different characters. I I think I can, like, muster up the balls to do some stand-up. And that was in March of 2010 that I started stand-up. I've been doing it ever since. Was your one-woman show funny, I have to ask? Was it funny? Because I just hear one-woman show, and I assume that, like, I'm supposed to cry at the end of it based on the wood women shows I've seen. Um, to see what they thought. Like for me, it just felt like, wow, my first experience where I really felt like an actor. I mean, there's so much rehearsing, like the, for as many rehearsals as I was doing and for as much that I performed it to me, it's like, you don't even, the words like lose meaning. You're just like, it's just a performance. So it's like, it was funny when I wrote it, but it's like, as you're doing it, you know, it's, it's so much different. Our scripted show is so much different than um, what I do with stand up, which is like partially scripted, partially improvised. Which so, I was actually going to ask if you have any ambitions of like doing actual, like, like writing beyond stand up, getting into like television or film or anything like that. Like what specifically? I mean, just from like a writing perspective, is 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 your type of comedy specifically stand up, or would you like to do other types of comedic writing? Or just I don't know. Yeah, I've had a few people reach out to me recently that are possibly looking in the direction of like a movie or studio or something. 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty much open, but also I just feel like I've had so many things that might've happened over the years for me. I can't get excited until I'm literally like signing a contract and something's happening. So the money's in the bank account. I don't care. Not even about the money. It's just, I've had so many people pitch me ideas, send me things, so many meetings, so many things that sound like you're about to blow up. And like, you just realize over the years, like it's, I guess it's just a numbers game or just to really not get your hopes up until a thing is literally happening. Right, you're here on the Punk Rock Libertarian podcast. It's happening now. It's happening. It's real. You made it. it, it real. It's, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I took two improv classes. Um, the one thing that was interesting to me was like, you know, we all have uh, like a screen or a filter and you kind of, there's a lot of things you won't say or can't say or, or you, you know, just out of normal social convention. And improv kind of teaches you to let that guard down, let that screen down. You don't have time to think. You just got to kind of blurt. And uh, you get very quick and very witty. And um, I don't know. I thought I thought it was really fun. And you also, also silly. I mean, we were like doing things that I, I was like, this is like for, like we're in, you know, kindergarten or something, just having the most fun we could possibly have. I, I had a blast in uh, improv classes. Well, so. you don't smoke it weed, so right, Kyle? Fun. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I'm See, kind of a the rest of us just smoke weed to get to do that. So <laughs> I think smoking weed is so boring. Like I, I, there's nothing I'm less interested in than smoking weed. Like for me, I just feel like I'd rather be getting something done or like achieving a goal or working on something or writing on something or listening to a set. I feel like literally any taking a nap is more productive than smoking weed, in my opinion. Like, sounds like Finn McKenty rubbed off on you. Now you're all uber trad. Can't believe as it. I, no, I, I just thought, I just, I, I guess I have too many things to do than to just like relax and smoke weed and like blow off in an afternoon. But I feel like with improv, it, it's like to your point, Kyle, like you really do like you could feed into your inner child. You it's a great way to make friends. And, and you don't necessarily have to be like, I want to be in commercials or I want to be an actor or a comedian. Like plenty of people who take improv, like want to just help their public speaking. They want to help their, um, you know, their work, like when they do um, presentations. So there are so many transferable skills that you can learn in improv that apply to really any industry, but you're right. It really does free you up on stage. It, it teaches you to like be in your body. You start doing like accents or maybe you pretend like you're, you, you know, you're like, wow, I've never actually like physically like pretended to be a cat before. Like how, or how would it, <laughs> if there was a, an old table, what would that like old tables personality be? Or like an old, like what would be the personality? Like how would an old, car sound that's full of garbage like it's it really gets you out of your head and and helps you to like trains you to think creatively but like and to your point too you don't have time to think you can't help but be honest and with that is where there's so much humor because in that honesty is people's genuine thoughts and feelings which are often racist misogynist like all of the things that you're not supposed to like that aren't politically correct but that are hilarious because it's how people actually think yeah, it kills comedy when you try to just sort of be like, okay, now I have to think about the 50 th different things I can't say here because, you know, people are going to freak out. And yeah, I get it. I can understand that pushing you away from the left because, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah, kind of just like multiple, like to answer your question fully, like it was kind of multiple passes at, at cancellation because it was the New York City comedy scene is very left. Uh, like when I when I started, I was a feminist. I lived in Brooklyn. I feel like I was doing all the right things to like get ahead. Um, I had a show at the Stonewall Inn. 
that was monthly. That was great. That was like standing room only every month. And it ran for six years. And I noticed that once I started to do a show on compound media, the way, you know, people were treating me was changing. And the way that people were seeing me was different. Like I had the same sense of humor, but I went from, you know, oh, comedian, we all know and love to like, oh, now I'm, now you're a Republican. Now you're far right. Cause you're on Anthony mm. Cumia's network. It's like, okay, well he has, he's far right, but nobody asked me what my, political opinions were on things but like none of that matters people like to group and stereotype it makes everything easier um so that was kind of one wave well the first wave was that tweet about like if you have time to get raped you're not doing enough spots like that got me kicked out of a few women's groups for sure i was not invited to like brunches after that um and then it was getting on compound media which was like 20 18 i started doing some spots on there because my mom died in 2018 and i was like i felt like i really need to th throw myself into something else because i i was just like i like you know there's only so much you can grieve and like wallow in it you have to just do something productive so i started to go on compound media and i was like oh wow i really feel like these guys sense of humor like vibe with my sense of humor are both kind of anti-woke not politically correct just same kind of improvised very that quick wit um that you'll see from like you know Anthony Kumi or Jim Norton or any of these other like, you know, comics that have been around for a while. And then I pitched uh, my show Wet Spot in 2019 that got picked up. And I wanted that to feel like an old school, like Howard Stern feeling like before he, you know, evolved, sold out, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I have porn stars on comedians, like th sometimes wild shit happens. Sometimes it's nudity cussing sometimes it's anal ring toss sometimes it's just like a that's a provoking conversation like it varies i think larry yeah. sharp's done it a couple times and anal uh, ring so, toss larry anal sharp. ring toss it's exactly uh he wasn't involved with that maybe i'm but, not giving larry enough credit okay uh no he 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 is pretty fun i mean i think if it were happening near him he he's like all right you, you okay jump right in there okay yeah he's like why don't we uh sponsor this uh why doesn't verizon sponsor this anal ring toss and they can pay for the upkeep of the bridge <laughs> so that was kind of one round of canceling and another round of of sort of canceling was being an out trump voter because i didn't well, i wasn't on board with trump when he first came out it took uh, took a minute um i voted for jill stein actually the first time you're still voting? Because I didn't know what the hell. And I, the second, I, I voted for Obama the first time. Second time I actually didn't vote because I didn't want to miss yoga class. And then I voted for Jill Stein. And then I voted for Trump. But See, that's the, amount of, that's the amount of importance voting should be in your life. I didn't want to miss yoga. Didn't want to miss yoga. <laughs> well, I was like, he'll win. <laughs> it was, I was not politically activated just at that point. And then voted for Trump in 2020. Was very much an out Trump voter. That was another thing that was a very unpopular uh, and the New York City comedy scene. And then, of course, January 6th was a big one because I had people messaging my Facebook friends being like, hey, just letting you know, like Chrissy Mayer was at the Capitol on the 6th. You should probably unfriend her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, people I don't even know, never heard of, never seen, asking my Facebook friends know. to unfriend me. And I had there was a producer who produced a show in Brooklyn. Uh, I was only able to get like one tweet out on the six because the reception was so bad. And uh, I think it was like, oh, heading over to the Capitol now because all of us that were there didn't think it was a big deal because it was a planned march point. Um, but the people who didn't know what was going on, who were just following like, you know, who were just <laughs> taking their whole opinion from what legacy media was telling them to think. This one girl was like, oh, she tweeted out. She like quote tweeted me. She's like, I don't know what the comics are doing in L.A., but in New York, they're storming the Capitol. And I was like, I was just so shocked. Cause I'm like, I barely know this woman. I've worked with her on a couple shows. Like, why is she? 
And then I'm like, oh, like this is something the left is using to virtue signal on. And then, you know, it very quickly was made apparent to me like how they were painting anybody who was in D.C. on that day. I'm like, oh, wow, they're just like demonizing anybody who was there. And it was wild because uh, like I, there were articles, there was there was another conversation of like, oh, we need to make a list of every comedian who was at the Capitol in uh, on January 6th so we can just basically blacklist them like we have to come together and never book these comics who were that at, sounds hilarious it's literally, literally me and one other dude like there was not a huge comedian presence at the capitol that day i'm like that's a short like list. the guy with the horns he's not getting booked at all yeah. now yeah. literally yeah. me I'm and like, kevin he's, like, he's yeah. at a halfway house he got out he got so. out yeah so Yay. that was What's pretty it, say his name what's his name the shaman chansley chansley out of curiosity, have any of you guys actually watched his documentary Q sent me? Um, the, oh, our friend no. made that. Um, no, the I first seen half it, of it's fantastic. I'm still waiting for the second half of it. Was it Nicholas Ring or? Yeah, it's it's Ring's movie. Yep. Um, but yeah, oh, it's wow. great. I haven't seen but, it yet. Well, it's, what's funny about that is because if you watch that video, which had them following him, like all that crap that came out during Tucker's. Oh no, Nikki P dropped out. Oh no, I thought he was going to make a really good point. Oh, he was, oh, it was like all waiting. an EMP attack. We get those. Yeah, they had to take him out. Look, see? Oh uh, no. He'll be back. It cuts in and out. A, yeah. Yeah, there's a little. Yeah, Alex, uh, to answer your question, it was like these several rounds of kind of canceling that made me realize a few things. Like, no, number one, there's no like community. There's no like, we have your back. We're all yeah. New York City comedians. Like, it was for years, me, like, giving a lot of spots, helping a lot of people for my Stonewall Inn show. Like I thought I had friends, but once I was perceived to have the wrong politics, Whoa. a lot of people stopped associating. You're in the uh, out group. Actual friends turned their back. I mean, I had actual friends turn their back on me even before I voted for Trump because are they you friends with, my... Are you friends with Jimmy Dore? Because your story sounds kind of like his, the way he was has been like rejected by the, by the I had left. I a girlfriend... Or... Literally give me shit because she thought my boyfriend voted for Trump. And this was like back oh in God. probably 2016, 17, before I was, um, you know, voting for Trump myself. So it was really wild Just, to see you, the you difference. You were Trump voter adjacent. So you were, were Trump voter was, adjacent. And that was it enough. was really wild to see how how people's opinions of you would change just on based on like where they thought you fell politically or what they thought your views were. And again, like these are people behind my back telling uh, my other friends to unfriend, to write, make a list. Don't ever book this person again, person again, but nobody in my DMS, nobody texting me or calling me being like, Hey, like I saw you were at the Capitol that day. To me, it seems like a pretty bad thing, but maybe you can explain why you were there or what went on in your opinion. Like I had no messages like that. It's, it was literally all grandstanding and virtue signaling and nobody privately being like, Oh, Hey, like, even like I'm really concerned. Why were you there? Like, what's going on? First of all, why would Nothing. anyone need to? Why would anyone need to explain why they just went to D.C. for some bullshit event? Well, right? if they didn't know, like, if, they, if they're under who the impression it that is? it's this horrible thing, like anybody who goes there is a white supremacist. Even like, oh, I thought you were different, Christy. Why were you? Even if they were like but had the even, dumbest, even, but tape, you're, you're a you know? media personality. Like, why wouldn't anybody? Like, maybe you went to make jokes about it. Maybe you went right. to get material. Maybe you went to. To maybe you went because you're a, a Nazi. Maybe you went because you're whatever. It's just maybe you went there ridiculous. for the anal ring toss. I mean, who right. knows? Maybe that, we had the anal ring yeah. toss. Yeah, yeah, Tim Miller. That's um, that Otto, who's usually um, our host. He's at the Mad Ball concert at, ironically named the Otto Bar in Baltimore. 
and Madball's from New York. They're a hardcore band, and um, oh. I, I probably I'm gonna check them out later. But they've been they've um, they basically said we are not playing any fucking shows that has vaccine mandates, and That's they got blue like blowback within the hardcore hardcore. Really? Yeah, they've been around for like ever, and they're fucking. You remember, and they're, they're based as fuck. And remember they were when like, they did that? Was it like right when De Blasio put out the mandates? Because I think it was yep. like August or something of um, I think twenty one. Yeah, and they had a huge uh, show in Central Park, and it was like uh, Chromags, uh, Wisdom and Chains, like all these like kind of like all these hardcore bands that were like, "Fuck this mandate, vaccine mandates, these wow. mask mandates, all this bullshit." We're having a fucking show in Central Park. And um, we saw Madball when they came through Maryland like a year ago, and it was fucking amazing. And it was at a, a black-owned business out in Frederick, Maryland, which is like the second largest city, but it's out in Western Maryland. And um, they were because all like these fucking clubs in Baltimore were doing this vaccine mandate bullshit. Wow. So and Madball was like, "Fuck that! We're not playing any shows with you know any of these promoters, any whatever." And they got so much flack in the hardcore, like the punk and hardcore scene. And um, so they're fucking big. Yeah, I punk mean, and hardcore before yeah. COVID. And it's Aren't just they, like, isn't oh, that a field now? that's supposed to be known for like standing up to authority and rejecting, yeah. like, like he rejecting think, authoritarianism? Right, but look what happened to Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, raging for the machine. They started, yeah. What a weird time for for the the arts. Like, kind of an embarrassing yeah. period for for bands, for comp comedians. But yet. You know, there were those that stood out and they're going to be the ones that move forward with their heads held high. The rest are just an embarrassment. They sold out to try to get along without courage. I mean, what good is a comedian that doesn't stand up to authority? Like, seriously, what, good what is are you going to comedian gonna... who shares the exact same views as authority? What is your why do you right. exist? You're just why a do propagandist you at that point. Yeah. Right. You like if turn you turn on the in TV and hear what you're saying. Yeah, if you turn into like the shows like um, like I used to watch The Daily Show during the Bush years, and that was pretty funny. Like he would he would pretty much make jokes against about the regime. But that all changed when when Obama came in. They just all stepped back. And and now at this point, the like the TV is just a propaganda wing for the regime. So not funny. Not funny at all. And Trevor Noah and um, Stephen Colbert as well. Oh God! Those two are should should just uh, what an embarrassment to their profession. People that had yeah, accomplished right. greatness with the right writers, with the right attitude, could be doing wonderful things, and all they're doing is selling vaccines and wars and whatever. You know, like just pathetic. It's gross. It's like how dumb do you think your viewers are? Uh, yeah. And I agree with you. I have, I have no and part of this like sort of like I don't know comedy red pilling whatever awakening period for me was realizing like I went from someone who was kind of in the running maybe for a spot on Colbert. I was connecting with the Booker there. I was like befriending her. It was like looking like it was going to start happening, and then y- you realize like oh like you start something like saying you're an out Trump voter, like that takes you completely out of the running for something mm. like that. Like you really have to have the right opinions. You're like, to we're here to sell vaccines, man. Yeah, man to we're here to sell right vaccines. We really don't care about your jokes. Okay. We're here yeah, to sell like, vaccines. What do you got? If you, there's, you know, there's the normal sort of comedy path, which is like a late night spot. Mm. Used to be Letterman, Leno, but now it's like Fallon, Colbert, Kimmel, right? Like, so you have to impress the right gatekeepers and you have to have like the right politics to even be someone that they would think of to get to a point where you're getting a late night spot. So then eventually you can get like a JFL, which is the 
the big uh well now it doesn't matter as much anymore but like 15 20 years ago getting on just for laughs in montreal was again like that was career making and that would lead you to road work or comedy central special or an hbo special and it's like but if you don't have these right opinions if you're not like basically woke if you're not like you know if you're someone like me has to be bashing men 24 7 bashing white people like that's those are the correct jokes to make not that fucking you're if you if you're getting raped you're not doing enough spots like that's that nobody wants to hear from that person so you quickly realize like oh i'm i'm never going to make it in this mainstream way so either you wait for the mainstream to change or you go, fuck it. I got to find my own fans a different way. I got to find, I got to produce my own shows. I got to do my own podcast. I got to find my people somewhere. Uh, if, if you don't, well, you can always get another day job, but I sort of pivoted into like compound media and podcasting and, and tried to find people who are kind of enjoy anti-woke comedy or whatever you want to call it, you know, real comedy, just like, how I actually That's just feel. just traditional comedy. Or yeah. maybe just call it comedy. Just comedy. I think that yeah. one um, silver lining of, of COVID is that, I mean, I was kicked off Facebook and uh, Instagram and just found, finding this uh, Twitter. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Let me try Twitter. And all these years, I've never had Twitter, you know, and just getting, just meeting this community on Twitter. Like, I just started following you maybe like a year and a half ago. Also following uh, Forest Mommy, uh, Jess. Oh, she's hilarious. I love her. Yeah. I mean, I just met her like two years ago. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. I got involved in the Mises Caucus uh, and she's running. She's endorsed by the Mises Caucus out in Colorado running. Like it's just building this network of just people that are sick, creating this own counterculture and saying, fuck, like both the left and the right. And all this is like just seeing through all this shit. And that's the one silver lining of COVID. It's, it's like the friends you make the along the way. You, exactly. It's the friends you make along the way. And that's like maybe red pill. That's like the white pill. You know, it's, uh, you know, I go back and forth between the white pill and the black pill. But the, building that community and around people that you know and trust and that like appreciate you and like understand, like not like, oh, my gosh, Chrissy Moore might be she's dating a Trump supporter. Oh my God. Like, what the fuck? Like, I thought I knew you, you know, what the fuck? It's like, yeah, I don't even know who you're better? dating. I don't give a fuck how they vote. Like, I'm not right. thinking about who you're dating and who they voted for. Like, why the yeah, fuck all in your you business and shit. Yeah, stay the out of my business. The exciting thing, like, your point, Alex, about what you're saying is like, norm- normally we look to the people with, with which, who we think are in our community, like fellow musicians, fellow comedians, whatever, to help us build and grow and get to the next level. And now it's like we can cross industries. Like I hope that I can help a musician or maybe I have, I have, um, you know, yeah, I could, I'll just take a musician, for example, like a Phil Labonte on my show or whatever, or I have, so it doesn't matter like what level you are. You have someone on who is a social scientist or like a historian or like, you know, it doesn't matter where, what walk of life they come from. I think it's like, we're kind of making our own connections, making our own sort of like network of people that we can help and build up and, um, you know, create with, which is very exciting and like a really wonderful thing about the internet and YouTube and Twitter, like for all its faults, it's like, it's brought, it's brought a lot of us together with a lot of great people. Yeah. I was, I was like, uh, yeah, I was based that you had a uh, force mommy on uh, what was that? Uh, Simcast, right? Yeah. She's so funny. Yeah, she's so it was wild how that one guy like just came after her. Yeah, after she announced her run. 
And then you look at the guy's fucking background and he like just kind of your story. Oh, going the journal journalist route and you have to be a complete fucking sellout and be and that what was that the company owned by or uh, 13 of those uh, local news. But the organization was like funded by Pfizer or, oh, you know, it's like, really, uh, that's not shocking. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, anti-vaxxer, you know, running for city council don't people like, realize how lame they sound in 2023 saying anti-vaxxer yeah. like are we really still saying this this was something that flew like 10 years ago when a mom didn't want to give her kid a fucking polio vaccine or something like that like it's like are we really still calling people anti they don't realize how crusty that sounds yeah when there's very real reason to not to maybe want to sashay from it Yes, I, I love that pot. Like, I'm gonna have to start following the uh, Simcast, add it to my podcast rotation. So, because you get you get some based individuals and just building that community, like you said, is so important. Because it's fun, it, and it's the most meaningful. It sounds like really corny and gay, but when <laughs> I can introduce people who really become friends, like um, like Brittany Venti originally is from New York. That's where I met her. But um, from having her and Lila Hart and like Carmaxilla and Melanie Mack, like I've had all these girls on Simcast multiple times. They all live in Texas. They've all become really good friends. I'm not going to say like just because of me, but like if I can help facilitate a, like a real life connection and friendship, that makes me feel really, really good about myself. And then especially after like a comedy show, you know, a bunch of fans come out, we go drinking after. It's like, oh, hey, I listen to Friday Night Tights. Oh, so do I. And we all like follow the same people. It's like, great. And then I leave and then, but they're all friends and stay in contact. That's fucking awesome. I, it's, it's just such a huge um, benefit to, to feel like you're helping to bring people together, especially after a time where we all felt so alone and separated. Um, so yeah, it feels He's good. Back. Yeah, sorry. He's he, back. He, he might've been waiting in the, he was probably in the waiting room. Sorry, man. I'm like new to the controls here on the stream yard. You left him in the waiting room for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's where you belong. Okay. He was in the middle. Of, I forget what he was talking about. I remember uh, the flipper girl. Uh, flipper uh, girl. Flipper, no. flipper girl. The flipper girl. Flipper girl. Just think about what you said. Don't come back till you say the little mermaid. You're on mute. <laughs> Nikki, you're on mute. He just can't get anything right today. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, the guys host a lot of podcasts. That vinyl chloride in the air out there in Ohio is really fucking up your, your oh, stream out there. No. You joke, but... Yeah, how are things on the ground out there, Nikki P? I don't Alert. think I really talked to you since. I mean, are you growing a tail yet? What's happening? I, I'm more concerned about like my family in Pittsburgh because they're way closer to it than I am. They're also in the direction wind goes. Plus, even yeah. if they even if they weren't being poisoned, they're in Pittsburgh. Right. There is also that. But I mean, uh, all of the water effects are actually fucking West Virginia more than it's doing anything to Ohio. I heard about some bottled water that was recalled from like Massachusetts because it had been bottled in o in Ohio. I mean, we do have Nestle here, so it's very very possible. This was um, uh, like Acadia brand or something like that. Anyway, I drink. I drink. Uh, wow. I, I drink. Look, we're we're those weird homesteader types. I got a Berkey out there that I make my own water, so we're we're okay. Good. What's up, Philadelphia Berkey? recently? They recently poisoned Philadelphia's water, and everyone loved that. Um, caused a run on bottled water in all the stores, and everyone's like, uh, "Really? 
they're like, yeah, don't drink the water. And they're like, I mean, it was already like a fluorinated punch from hell, you know, but. um, Wow. The the, the real funny takeaway from this for me is it's like, everyone's like, look, guys, 8,000 of these things happen every year. Like, it's just that this is a big one. Like, okay, but you don't think that there's an issue that we have 8,000 trail derailments a year and that's not something to be concerned about? Right. Listen, Azov Battalion needs the weapons, okay? Shut up about your crumbling infrastructure again, okay? Yeah, like if we had 8,000 planes crashing a year, we'd be like, what's going on with the planes? Right. Well, they disappear. They don't crash. Yeah, Bert, um, so we'll, we'll send Berkey the bill for this free plug, but it's basically, I think it's the best water filtration system you put on in, Stainless steel, they have different sizes, but it doesn't. It does, does it, it filter like vinyl chloride? It. Yeah, I don't know about vinyl chloride, so I don't know. Nikki P, it might not be safe, but it's I'm basically still better than everyone else water. around here. Whatever they're drinking, it's not as good as what I am, one way or the other. Maybe it still has vinyl chloride in it, but not all the other crap. So we'll send we'll send Berkey a bill for this free plug, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because uh, like technically I say Berkey, but I built it myself. So, oh, okay. oh wow, DIY, huh? Nice. Yeah, bro, it's the only way to homestead. Get Get you are... out there. <laughs> you got chickens? We're working on it. Oh, okay. I, I'm building the coop right now. I mean, the price of eggs were goddamn ridiculous. You got to. Oh no, absolutely. If you have a backyard, you need chickens. So you live you live in not upstate New York, Christy. I'm curious, what do eggs look like in in New York City right now? How much do you pay for eggs? Uh, oh man, let's see. Maybe Full like- disclosure: I've been really cool about the New York City thing. I grew up in upstate New York, and I hate New York City with a burning Maybe six dollars. Six dollars, really? That's cheaper than they are here. That's wild. Hmm. Well, I guess what quality of eggs are you buying? I guess it's probably the next question. I don't know if they're bad quality. Like, I don't know. They're, they're just white. They look the same to me as they've always looked. Okay. It's so probably not like seven, seven fifty for the top shelf eggs. <laughs> like top shelf, I think is like nine a dozen out here for like the free range. Like, oh, wow. Is that because yeah. all the, all the land is polluted now and the eggs are, uh, the chickens all died? <laughs> Honestly, that might be it. I haven't heard. I haven't heard any like we get eggs from like farmers and stuff that we know, but so I don't have to worry about the store as much. But I haven't heard of any die-offs out there from any of the places we go. As long as my raw milk stays good, we're good. You have cows? Uh, No, we have a farm we go to for raw milk. Those are um, cockroach milk. Cockroach milk. Oh, milk of cockroach. Don't tell me. That's fine. It's more nutritious than cow milk. <laughs> Chrissy, are you a gamer? No. I mean, if you count Pokemon Go, but other than that, no, not really. I don't really. know I would count that. No, I don't, I don't okay. think so. When Nikki said something about like D&D and comic books. and That really got, got Kyle's attention. Well, I was just bringing up. <laughs> that's how I, because I know you through the Nerdrotic crew. That's how I discovered Oh, yeah. You. And it, is, it has always fascinated me. Like, I've never gotten the impression that like you're perhaps a nerd at heart. But for some reason, that group just endeared to you. I think I am a nerd at heart. I think if I had more time, I would I would probably do more gaming. But. I, I think I'm, I've always been nerd adjacent for sure. Okay. 
All right. I played um God, what I did play. Did I play Dungeons and Dragons? I think I did. There's like a tabletop version of Geeks and Gamers that I did with Epic Epic Mike. I think it was yeah, it's something where you have to like role play and like explain it's really interesting, like explain what you're doing like every step of the way. I mean, it's, isn't that what we call it? Isn't, I thought you guys said you did improv earlier. Yeah, but I, no one really explained the rules to me. So I had like, they were like prompting me to make moves and I just fucking had no idea what was going on. They were laughing though. They thought it was, they were, uh, as long as you're I was a new. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love introducing somebody to playing D&D because it's, it's never what people think it is. It's, it's very different. And usually they end up having a lot more fun than they're expecting to. Yeah, it's the game with the orcs, right? And you have to like make moves on kind of a chessboard looking type thing. Probably. Like that's one way of playing it. Yeah. I, I haven't been able Is to play a long time. All of my nerd friends disavowed me when Trump was running for president. So, so you too? Like but wow. basically I, the official move for me was that I refused to say Richard Spencer needed to be murdered. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, apparently, you know, my my stand is like I don't think it's right to act violence on people who have done not violence on other people. And right, that seems like they, common sense. Like you nope. do not like someone's opinions, but like that's if they're not anarchist talk, that, that's yeah. when I became a Nazi, and all my D and D friends uh, who are back home in New York said, "Yep, can't be can't be friends with you anymore, buddy." Wow. Wow. Very sad. Yeah. I wouldn't post a black square. That was one of the first moments for me where I was like, why do I have to do this to prove that I'm a good person and I like black people? Like, it's, this shouldn't be necessary. I fuck a black person. I'm okay. Good. Yeah, there you go. There's your proof. I made a half black person. That's That should be everything I need. Yeah. That's really so how we overcome racism. Half a black square? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 gray no, square? Because you know how bad it is, right? Like, see, when I, I got married to a black woman, I was told that that is me. How, colonizer. Yeah, that's that's how I act. Colonizing, how, colonizing, colonizing the bedroom. How I act. How I need to colonize. And wow. I, you're basically, you're basically Thomas Jefferson at that point. Basically, yeah. God, if I told you that, wow. I've been told it more than once, Kyle. That's wild. wild. By your no, wife? Have, how does your wife feel? It. Well, that's my biggest. My biggest. Does she whisper like, like you fucking cracker, like in bed? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> like. So the homesteading shit—that's more my wife than it is me. Like she, she's the, the typical librarian. Like, she's put it this way: she's way more into Tolkien than I am, and I play TND. So are you calling her the Tolkien black woman in your life? Oh, she is absolutely a Tolkien black woman, one hundred percent. I'm gonna tell her J- you said uh, that, and J. she's gonna fuck out too. <laughs> Look, there's only three people in history to trust: C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, and G.K. Chesterton. That's it. Everybody else is full of shit. What about J.K. Rowling? Why would you listen to anything she has? <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding. That turf. <laughs> Chrissy, before we wrap this up, um, it's been a blast. You got to, you want to plug away? Um, oh, yeah. Go over those tour um, dates again. Cause yeah. see you live. Let's see. Should I put my website? Let's see. Let's see. This is StreamYard, right? I can share yeah. my screen. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'll be headlining in Staten Island on April 7th, the Reef at Paradise Island. I'll be in Jersey April 8th, Vegas April 27th at The Space, Dallas, Texas at Hyenas Comedy Club May 5th and 6th. 
uh, Richmond, Virginia, Sandman Comedy Club, Wednesday, August 9th, Anime Moth Surrey, August 10th through the 13th. Simcast will be at this convention, and I'm headlining that same weekend, Friday, August 11th at The Secret Group. Get your tickets now, christymayer.com. You can also watch my show, The Wet Spot, on Compound Media, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern on compoundmedia.com. We got Simcast Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern on my YouTube channel, Rumble, Rockfin, all the places, uh, and interviews, um, multiple times a week in a morning show that I occasionally do at 10 in the morning. How did you have time to do this stupid podcast? This is my fourth like, out of five. Today I have five recordings. This is my fourth one. I just have one more at 10. Oh, wow. I'm done you're, for the day. you're a good sport. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for you coming guys on. Fun. Thanks for really having appreciate me. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, the follow. And uh, yeah, we'd definitely like to see you live one of these days if you come through uh, Maryland or nearby. You're all in Maryland? Uh, Maryland, Nikki P's out in like Cleveland area and uh, Baptist Philly area. So you got to get to Megubi's Joke House in Timonium. All the big comics have been there. Don't do it. Don't. That's not me. A lot of times with these clubs, you need like an agent or a manager um, to help you get in. But yeah, I'll definitely try. I mean, or at least come through with Robbie. Robbie the Fire, come on the porch tour. Come on down. Don't go to Baltimore. Just don't go. Just don't do it. Timonium is a suburbs. It's fine. Yeah, but it's been a. It's been a blast. Um, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we're going to wrap it up Al. here. Thank you, um, guys. Through. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, just uh, anybody listening, throw us uh, three shekels a month, and you can uh, get on our Patreon. Um, we got T-shirts for sale at libertariancountry.com. They're a sponsor of the podcast. Put in code PRL10. Uh, PRL you get 10% off. And if you spend 50 or more, you will get... Uh, you can use code PRL2, and that'll give you 20% off. So until then, uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow on uh, YouTube, all the all the medias. And until next time, live free or day. State is a good break with the blood that is shed. Drenching the flags on the tax bombs in red. Was it by a few at the expense of the many? So do the gods and the machine. You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You get the freedom and death point in a fine land You suffer the 